The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And at about eight minutes after uh, seven o'clock, back the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Dave Vaughn from the firm is here to answer all your questions, take your phone calls. Phone lines open, by the way. You have questions about your severance, about your job rights, your workplace rights. Bring them on 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five. Talk that is absolutely toll free. Email as well before, after, during the show. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to the severance pay calculator. It is an amazing tool we talk about every week. If you haven't heard about it, Dave will get to that as well with uh, some depth as we go on here through the uh, through the hour on till about 10 to 8 tonight so you got lots of time to call in and talk to us Dave we always start my brother with the uh, the week that was how was it great great week John um, the uh, first uh, story I wanted to talk about uh, the first uh, file I settled uh, last week uh, involved what's called a fixed term contract mm-hmm. so this is a bit of a unique situation we don't always talk about and uh, what happened was this, uh, my client signed a contract that was to last two years. So the two year, he was an employee. It's not like he was a contractor or anything like that, but he signed a specific fixed term contract. And uh, after about 14 months, just over uh, a year, the employer terminated that uh, that contract and said the, the sales issues they were having or that that uh, employee was having. Uh, didn't allege cause though, and tried to pay that uh, employee only two weeks uh, of termination pay, which is what they would get under the ESA. Right. Um, as you know, the ESA is not uh, sufficient in most cases, John, and um, m- you know, most employees in these types of cir- uh, circumstances would get severance in accordance with the common law. So we'd look at their age, years of service, and position to come up with a, uh, a you know a, um, a, a notice period here. Yep. And with this uh, individual, there was just over a year of service. He was in his 50s, and it was a sales role. He probably would have got somewhere around four months worth of severance pay. Now, in this case... The contract, the balance of the contract, the, the the rest of the 10 months that he was owed is actually much better than common law, and that's actually what he's entitled to. Right. So if you sign a fixed-term contract that's supposed to last a specific period of time, that's what you get. So you actually don't get common law. You can get that fixed term, so the rest of the, uh, the contract. Mm-hmm. The lesson uh, here, I think, is, is uh, most, uh, you know, most it needs to be emphasized most for employers. You, you need to be careful when you have an employee sign a fixed-term contract. I know a lot of uh, employers, sometimes the smaller ones, they want a specific fixed time that that employee is going to work. And so they, they think a, a fixed-term contract is you know, the way to go. The problem is you could be on the hook for the whole thing. What else you got going on, my brother? Yeah, another one uh, I had was uh, a temporary layoff. So my client was placed mm-hmm. on a temporary layoff for the first time in 15 years. It wasn't a seasonal uh, job. It wasn't a seasonal right. layoff at all. It's a manufacturing job. And uh, as we've talked about on the show many times, it's not a layoff. It's, when you do that, it's a termination. Uh, and the employee has the, the right to treat that as a, as a termination, a constructive termination of their employment. The only way the employer is allowed to do this is if they have it in their contract. So they have the employee sign a contract that allows for uh, these temporary layoffs. Or they've done it a number of times in the past. So there's an implied term in the uh, employment yeah. relationship that allows that. In my uh, client's case, it, there was neither of these. He'd never been laid off before, and he didn't have a written contract of employment. 
So there's no implied or expressed term allowing the employer to do that. So this is a termination, and we were able to settle the case um, for uh, his full severance um, because that's exactly what this is. And a lot of time, employers will try to do this to try to get out of severance. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or one 225 talk That is the number to get a hold of. Opening call tonight, George, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Um, I, have a, I think I might be in the throes of a constructive dismissal. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, uh, but it started about three years ago. Uh, they hired a fellow that, to do the same job I do. Uh, we didn't really have enough work. They put them doing other things, and now we, with them, they bought a press, and he's supposed to do work for that press. I'm supposed to do work for another press and the digital department. We're in the printing business, and uh, what they did is uh, they started funneling some of my work to him. And I'm just afraid that at some point they're going to lay me off because he's younger. He's uh, yeah, you know. that's a yeah, it's a tough uh, tough situation to be faced with. So in terms of this, you know, it sounds like they've they've changed your job a bit. Is that fair to say? A little bit. Um, okay. I'm still doing a lot of the work, but when we get slow, uh, and when he gets slow, especially, then uh, they start funneling my work to him. Okay. And and have they reduced your pay at all, or no? No, no, nothing like okay. that. No. So your hours you, you, are the same, you just have less to do during that time. Yeah. That's right. And okay. I'm afraid that at some point, um, what you said just with that fellow that was working for 15 years is going to happen when you're going to come and lay me off. Right. So even if there's not a reduction in pay or hours, but they're just you know taking responsibilities away from you, that could be very well could be a constructive dismissal, um, which would entitle you to to severance. Now it's not guaranteed, and it will depend on um, you know a lot of the you know specific the, the context and the specific you know to what extent you're you're losing responsibilities uh, and duties. Um, but if they do um, proceed to a, a termination. Um, which it sounds like it could happen. Um, just uh, so I know, like how how long have you been there, George? Uh, Thirteen years. Okay. And how old are you? Sixty-three, almost. Okay. And um, you're a press operator? No, no, I'm a Mac operator. Okay. So in that, with that, you know, thirteen years of service, sixty-three years old, and uh, that type of job, you would, you know, likely get somewhere around, you know, twelve to fifteen months, sixteen months worth of severance pay. And, uh, you know, that could also, um, you know, is this industry declining, the industry you're in? Like, is, are there a lot of jobs out there? No. No. Not, not for a 62-year-old. Uh, and I have a couple of health issues, as well. Right. So those, what you said there, the, the health, if health issues make it, uh, you know, more difficult to find a job, if your type of industry, um, you know, isn't hiring, you know, if it isn't generally hiring, if it's struggling financially, uh, if there's not jobs out there for you, that will all impact the severance that you'd be entitled to um, if they do end up terminating your employment. Now, it is very, it can be difficult to, you know, allege constructive dismissal when there's no decrease in pay and it's, you know, just a you know, slow removal of duties and responsibilities because to do that, you do have to essentially resign, right? And, yeah. and you're not, not being paid. And I assume you want to stay in your job. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if everything stays status quo, that's fine. But what I'm worried about, and I think you answered my question, if they do come to me and lay me off and I... They, they can't do that and keep the other fellow. Is that true? Well, they can let you go. They can terminate your employment, but they just have to provide you with a severance pack, and it should be, you know, package. It should be, you know, over a year, um, yeah. what would be an appropriate severance package. Now, what I was speaking about uh, just uh, before you called was when an employer tried to basically, you know, either avoid or delay severance by placing the employee on what's called a temporary layoff. Yeah. And, okay. uh, and that's that could happen to you too. You know, companies you know do try to do that sometimes. And if they do place you on a layoff, uh, you you have an opportunity to you know allege constructive dismissal and get a severance package. Because I assume you've never been laid off before. No, no, no never. I, I like I said at one point I was the only person that did that job, and then they they started to expand a little bit. Right. And, okay. And. Like like last week, they put in a new machine, and I do most of the work for the machine. They trained the other fellow, but not me. Okay. Now, if you're having, if that's you know obviously a concern, I mean, I think it's always you know it can be upsetting or, or worrying if you start losing you know your your duties and in, in your you know aspects of your job. So it's definitely something you can and should raise um, with your boss or supervisor. Yeah. Okay. So that was another question. Should I confront him about it? Yeah, it's absolutely something that should be, you know, should and can be addressed um, and, and just basically ask, you know, you, you can say that you're not happy with it, that you, uh, you know, you still want to, you know, keep those responsibilities and just see what the solution is. Okay. And the other thing is, should I be keeping notes of what's going on? Sure. Yeah, that, that, that can be helpful. And uh, do you communicate with your boss uh, via email or is it usually verbal? Usually verbal. Yeah. Do you do you have an email, a work email account? Oh yeah. Yeah. So anything? I mean, obviously, just you know, every conversation you don't have to do this for. But if there's anything you know that that seems significant um, that that goes on in this uh, situation, it's important to follow it up with an email or just confirm what was said to you or what you said in an email, uh, just so okay. there's a you know a paper yeah. record of it. You're, you're not in a union, are you, George? No, no. no okay. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you could be going down the road of a constructive dismissal, temporary layoff, or just an outright termination. Uh, given your years of service, age, uh, position, you, you've said you have some ongoing medical issues as well. Um, you know, you're definitely, um, you know, you'd be entitled to a uh, you know, a fair severance package um, over a year likely. Um, so you will be, you know, you will be protected at law um, if they do okay. decide to do any of these things. Okay. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, if they do start making bigger changes to your job um, or, or they continue these changes or they, cha- you know, change your hours or pay, uh, you should uh, give us a call um, as soon as possible and we can uh, guide you through that process. Plus, Dave, you, you want to be mindful if he mentioned medical conditions, if that somehow flavors the termination, that could be a whole different kettle of fish, right? If that's the reason they kind of hmm, want to push him out the door, right? Yeah, and, and uh, you, know, it's, you know, George, uh, you mentioned age as well. The, the other other gentleman's mm-hmm. younger and, uh, you know, if, if that, if you think that's, you know, part of the reason why they're doing this um, and, and if there's, you know, some evidence of that in any way, uh, also something to consider. Um, well, I think it's all part of it. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, he's younger, he's got maybe more time that he'll stay with the company. Yeah. I've got maybe two years left, um, you know, so. George, have you, do you have, um, have you ever notified your employer about any medical conditions or accommodations you require? 
yeah. Yeah, so they're aware of this? Like, yeah. Do, do um, you have accommodate? Do you have modified duties or anything like that? No, no. No, okay. I, I just have to, you know, I see the doctor every six months or so. Okay. Okay, so, um, you know, that's, uh, if that's, you know, if we can show that that's a reason for termination too, that, you know, that further supports, you know, possibly human rights damages and uh, can extend the notice period. So, um, you know, it's, George obviously is facing uh, a difficult situation um, I don't think at this point it makes sense to allege constructive dismissal yet, um, but uh, it could it could happen soon. Yeah, he, I mean, he might just ride off into the sunset and retire. This may all be you know, a moot point if they just you know continue to let him work there and he, he retires, right? But Georgia, in the meantime, if you need to uh, get a hold of Dave or uh, Lior or someone else at the firm, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmenthour.com as well. That's an interesting take. You know, he's in medical condition. He's you know over sixty years old. You kind of see that sometime with employers uh, that they're going to, you know, want the younger guy with the stronger back in fewer years. He's not going to cost him as much if something happens, right? Yeah, unfortunately, you do. And uh, you know, George's situation highlighted a lot of different issues we talk mm-hmm. about on a lot of different shows we have. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about a constructive dismissal with, um, you know, changing the duties and responsibilities. You're talking, you know, he fears that it could be a layoff, right? A temporary layoff. They may right. construe it like that. And um, you know, that is a way for employers to try to minimize the the amount of severance they have to pay. Um, so it is a tempting option for employers, and um, you know. And then there's also just a, 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 it could be a termination at some point. Um, it, it looks like that could be the way they go. And uh, you know, given 13 years of service, 63 with medical conditions, and from what I understood uh, or, or could tell, um, the printing industry obviously isn't, uh, isn't necessarily booming right now. So no, be, no, the, inter- be... the internet I would imagine is taking a little chunk out of that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't uh, seems like it's uh, here to stay. So um, yeah. you know that it's going to be difficult for um, for George to replace that job, and uh, there's no question about that. So um, you know it shows that it's not always just the length of service, age, and position that impacts the right. uh, the severance you know package. Other factors do come into it, and it's all about how difficult it's going to be to find a new job. We'll take a, a short break. In the meantime, phone lines are open, ready to fill them up with your calls and your questions and your concerns. Dave's here to answer them until about 10 to 8 tonight, so you got some time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five. talk That number is absolutely toll-free. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. This is Global News Radio. Advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. At 7:24, we go to around 10 to 8 tonight. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell, one triple eight two two five. Talk that is toll free. You want to call in? David's here to answer your employment, your severance questions. You have queries about your workplace, anything you want to know. We'll get through it here tonight till around uh, ten to eight. So the phone lines are open for you. Termination and severance. Let's go through a few of these bullet points, Dave, and I'll let you expand on each one as we go. So why can't the labor board uh, help an employee that's lost his job? We often talk about that. Yeah, we do, and uh, it's one of the uh, you know the issues I see a lot is I'll have I'll talk to someone and uh, or you'll see a question or something like that an email that's sent in and they say you know we I haven't been paid anything um, or I haven't been paid a fair severance package and uh, maybe I should talk to the labor board first or the labor board told me you know told me I, I should get uh, or what the employer gave me was fair um, which is usually ESA 
And um, the reason the Labor Board can't help an employee that lost his job is the Labor Board can only enforce the minimum standards, so the Employment Standards Act minimums, uh, which are, you know, significantly less in in pretty well every case than your common law termination entitlements. In Ontario, when employees let go, um, they have minimum standards that are set by the ESA, um, the Employment Standards Act, but they also have common law entitlements that are greater than that. And, um, you know, the seventh pay calculator offers a great uh, estimate of what uh, what, what your, fee, your uh, you know, uh, compensation should look like if you're let go. And it's based on your age, years of service, and position. And the, the Labor Board can't help you with that. So how often do you come across inadequate uh, severance offers? Yeah, I would say it's I'm shocked when I see uh, <laughs> a severance package um, that I, I review with uh, someone that's just been let go that's fair and reasonable. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough to put a number on it, but it doesn't happen very often. And, uh, you know, most cases are inadequate in terms of the amount of months and the amount of money. Um, sometimes you get cases that, where it looks like it's a reasonable offer. So it'll actually, you know, it'll say something like, uh, you know, six months pay. But then when you look at the offer and, and let's say the person has, you know, four four years of service, six years of service in that range. And you look at the offer, though, and it's just their base salary. So it's no benefits, no car allowance, no um, commissions, no bonus. And uh, so it's really, you know, it, it can be a very uh, poor severance package, even though the amount of months looks fair. And that's especially uh, an issue with uh, salespeople and people who are paid primarily or, you know, substantially based on commissions and bonuses. Because six months base salary for someone who makes 50% of their income from commissions or bonus Right. Is, th- is three months, right? So it's actually all of a sudden it cuts it in half and it's, no, it's not a good severance package at all. So you would take that and take an average of three months or a year or something if they're a commission type uh, commission type person? Yeah, that's a great question. It comes up all the time is, uh, wow. you know, it's and the employer will say, well, you know, they're not working. Why am I going to give them the commissions or why am I going to give right. them a bonus? But when, the, when it's, you know, a primary component of their compensation package, the employee will be awarded that, uh, those forms of compensation. The legal principle is uh, that the employee should get um, their compensation they would have earned during the, the notice period, during the severance period. To make them whole. Right. So it has to be their full compensation. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes employers will try to just uh, will, will get away with just the base salary and, and not pay those commissions. And um, commissions and bonuses, it does vary case by case. Um, you, you just need to get an idea of what those, what a fair representation of those right. commissions or bonuses are and what they would have been moving forward. Um, you know, sometimes we'll look at the last three years. Um, you know, some people uh, will, will want to look at five, and you know, usually the employer will say the you know the the range that benefits them, and the employee will pick the one that uh, benefits you know that makes their uh, compensation higher. Right. Um, but one of the issues that sometimes comes up is, you know, if someone's um, you know their commissions have gone up steadily each year. Well, it's not you know yet the the presumption is that that's going to continue going up. So it wouldn't be fair to you know take a big uh, sample of going backwards when the commissions were way way less. Alternatively, um, sometimes people are let go. You know, commissions commission sales people are let go because sales are struggling, right, or because right. sales are down. Yeah. So maybe their commissions have actually been worse the last couple of years. So it's not they're not going to be able to go back you know way back uh, several years previously and say, well, I had a really good year that one year, so let's include that. But uh, it, it just comes down to it's a case by case basis. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell or one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free. Get to uh, Warren tonight. Hey Warren, good evening. Hey, good evening. I listen to your show every night. I really like it. 
Oh, thanks, pal. What's going on? And it's uh, really relevant today because I'm calling on behalf of my really best friend. He worked for a company for 30 year, 13 years, and he was let go very recently. He has two kids. He's going to be 50 years old this year. And they've essentially told him that they don't owe him any severance. Mm-hmm. And I tried to talk to him many times because I listened to this show and I said it just can't be. Uh, he told me that they have mentioned that they're based in the U.S. and that they don't have a big payroll here in Ontario in the city. And huh. they don't have to pay him all this salary and this on, and his severance. And I feel really bad for him. He did try to get, he did get help from one lawyer who's written a letter. They're not getting any action from it. I don't think he's getting the help he needs. So okay. I thought I'd just call in and see what the truth of this is. What was his job, Warren? He was a director uh, of uh, um, quality assurance. So they were doing a lot of things like, you know, uh, um, programming and setting up all kinds of different software programs. I don't know the technical details. Yep. And he's and been there so for, for 13 years and he's 50 years old? Yes, he was there for 13 years. Okay. And they're, are they alleging uh, cause? No they, cause. They're not alleging that he did something wrong? No. Okay, well, and, and they're not paying him anything. That's right. Oh, that's uh, that's a tough spot to be in. So um, I'm I'm shocked at that, but, um, you know, it does happen sometimes. Um, you know, there's no question that uh, regardless of the, the size of the employer, um, you know, how, what their payroll is, they owe uh, your friend severance pay if they're not alleging cause. And uh, right. the way we determine that is we look at age, years of service, and position. And, you know, given the 13 years of service age, right around 15, a, a director role, um, that's probably right around, you know, 16 months worth of severance pay um, okay. that he would be entitled to. Um, so, you know, he should definitely uh, follow through with that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, he's owed a lot of money and, uh, you know, there's no justification for not providing him with that. Okay. Okay. And I can always get him to contact you in your office. Yeah, absolutely, Warren. Uh, give give me a call tomorrow, uh, and uh, and we can discuss. Great. Okay. Thanks, pal. We appreciate that, Warren. That number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is help at employmenthour dot com. That is a perfect example right there. Going, nah, yeah, that's it. American company. We don't have to pay you anything. That's how it's going to work. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, shocking, but uh, you know, a lot of times we'll uh, we'll deal with American companies, and uh, they they obviously understand they have to pay something in most cases. Right. Uh, it's very rare that they actually think they don't have to pay anything. But you know, in, down in the states, um, many states have at will employment, so um, an employer can let someone go and not provide them with any termination pay or, or severance of any kind. So when they come here and they learn that. Uh, Know, the the entitlements are, are you know can be significant, especially with longer service uh, older employees. Uh, it's a shock. It's a shock to the system. Yeah, and uh, so that that could be what hap- What's happening here? Hopefully, what happens is the they get uh, you know Canadian legal counsel um, just to tell them you know what the what the appropriate range is. 
416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. It's one 225 talk You want to email uh, Dave, Lee, or anybody at the firm anytime, help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, uh, Dave's referred it to it. He does it in his own head at this point because he's experienced. But you want to find out what your severance offer should be. It is severancepaycalculator.com. You put in a couple bits of information. In less than 30 seconds, you'll have a number and a length of time at the bottom of it. You want to contact the guys. There's a contact button at the bottom. It's free. It's easy. You can use it on your tablet, your phone, your desktop. It doesn't matter. You can uh, you can have at her anytime you want. We're talking about termination and severance and broad strokes here. So how can an employer minimize the cost of severance that has to pay for an employee? Because, you know, we always talk about employees, but there is an employer aspect of this whole thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the first uh, the best way to do it for an employer is to have uh, the, your employees sign a contract of employment um, prior to starting work or starting the position that uh, you know specifies the exact amount of the termination pay and severance pay they're owed. And that must at least equal the Employment Standards Act minimums, but you can limit it to that. So you can really uh, limit how much severance and termination pay you owe your employees. Um, by having that contract. Now, if the con, if they, if you have employees that don't have a contract, um, and they're already working for you, you can introduce a contract, but you have to provide some type of consideration for that. So whether it's a signing bonus, a uh, raise, or some other benefit, um, and uh, and that allows uh, you to introduce a contract. But they do have to agree to it. So we get to Paul here. Uh, Paul, thanks for calling it tonight. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on with you? Well, just uh, it's not with me particularly. A couple callers ago, the gentleman was 63, and they kind of figured they might be pushing him out somewhere. Yeah, right. He figures that. But hey, can they give him working notice up to a retirement age in lieu of severance? Yeah, you can give it working notice as long as you want. Um, you know, you could give it absolutely. You could give a two-year working notice period, and um, you know he would have to work that out. Now, if his employer is a severance-paying employer. Um, under the Employment Standards Act, they would still have to pay severance, you know, severance pay under the ESA, um, which is about a week, uh, a week per year of service. So at the end of that, they'd still have to pay something. Okay. To that employee. Uh, so but it, yes. It, it, what's the mandatory retirement? Is it sixty-five? There's no mandatory retirement. Yeah. Okay, because I just, I mean, I'm getting close to that, but I feel I'm still going to want to. You know, keep working. So. No, there's no mandatory retirement in, in Ontario. And if anyone, uh, you know, if your employer tries to tell you you have to retire um, because you're 60 or 65 or 70, they that's a human rights violation, and uh, you'd be entitled to damages, you know, human well, rights damages and severance pay. So, yeah. um, well, th- thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. Great show. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. You know, you brought up an interesting point. Number one about the, uh, you know, being forced to retire and expected to be retired at 65. It, it's interesting. A lot of employers would try that with somebody, right? Yeah, you, you do see it sometimes. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the time it's, it doesn't come out of any type of, uh, you know, uh, no one's trying to hurt anyone or, or anything like that. But they just, you know, they, they figure, oh, you, you must be t- trying to retire soon. And, you know, mandatory retirement used to be legal. And so they bring up the conversation with the employee. And that's an uncomfortable and, um, you know, demeaning thing to have brought up, right? Uh, you've been working somewhere, in, in George's case, for uh, 13 years. Yeah. And uh, if all of a sudden his employer said, you know, you're getting a little older, maybe you should uh, retire, um, obviously he's not going to feel very good. And, you know, that is a violation of his human rights uh, under the Ontario Human Rights Code. And, uh, you know, he would get damages on account of that. Um, the other interesting uh, point that Paul brought up is working notice. And that yeah, goes I don't think back you've ever to seen uh, two years. Have you? You've never no, seen two years. No, in all the but years. I mean, like, no way. 
yeah, you, I mean, you could do it. Um, I, I, I've seen a year, um, oh, which, wow. which gets rid of uh, a big chunk of the severance pay the employer owes. And uh, that goes back to our last question, um, you know, how to minimize the cost of severance right. um, that an employer has to pay an employee. Now, you're still paying that money in wages, but you're getting work for it. So that is a way to do that is working notice. And you can get rid of your common law obligations um, by, you know, you can fulfill those by actually giving working notice determination. So you can say, you know, Paul, in, you know, 12 months, your employment's going to terminate. And, um, and you can do a combination of both. So you can actually do, you know, six months uh, worth, you know, a lump sum payment of six months and six months worth of working notice. Uh, so you can do a, a combination of it or you can do it all as uh, as working notice. But you do, if your uh, payroll's over $2.5 million, um, and the employee has over five years of service, you do have to pay statutory severance pay. So there will be a payment at the end of that. But working notice is especially beneficial for um, for smaller companies who don't have uh, you know a lot of money to just pay out a you know a year's worth of severance pay. I can see a year working notice. So I mean that's going to leave you know maybe not a poisoned work environment, but definitely an uncomfortable situation knowing that you know you're. It's not the end, but you can see it from there. You know what I mean? Like it's a year's a long time to linger, knowing that you're going to get the punt. Yeah, that, <laughs> right? it's really tough on the employee. Yeah, and I think it can be tough on the employer, right? Because, like you said, you know, people, you know, the person's probably not going to be happy. It's awkward uh, within the workplace, and that's why I don't see, you know, a lot of working notice. Um, you know, in the majority majority of cases, huge majority of cases, it is a lump sum payment that's offered, yeah. and it's not working notice. And I think that does. You know, a couple of reasons. The employer's made a decision that they are, you know, letting the person go. They don't need the person anymore. So they don't have, um, you know, a year to give them um, to, to continue working the job. Um, sometimes they've, you know, got a replacement for them. Sometimes there's a right. reason they got rid mm-hmm. of them. Maybe it's not cause, but maybe they're not working well with uh, with the, the team they're, they're supposed to work with or there's other issues. So I, it is somewhat rare to see working notice, but... You know, if you're an empl- a smaller employer that need, you know, that can't afford to to have a big payout, um, working notice is a way to you know minimize the the cost because you're at least getting some work for that. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk. You'll also catch Employment Hour in thirty Saturday mornings ten a.m. on Global TV. You'll catch a condensed version of this show. Very cool, very informative there as well. We're talking about termination severance and broad strokes here. So what happens uh, with EI? Because people ask you that all the time as well. What happens with employment insurance if you receive severance? Yeah, that's an important question. Uh, the first thing I tell people is apply. You know, as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to wait um, for that to, uh, you know, to you don't have to wait till the everything's resolved. You should apply right away. Um, what uh, what I can tell you is that you can't get severance pay and employment insurance benefits at the same time. So it can it can be consecutive, but right. You know, so if yeah. you if you're given twelve months worth of severance pay, you're not going to get EI until the end. All right. If you're not given any any severance pay and you start getting EI right away, and then you know we we get you 12 months severance pay, you will there will be a payback of that. But then it basically allows you to be back on uh, on EI again because it's like you didn't use it. So. Does your employer get credit for any EI amounts or no? They don't. No. Okay. Um, yeah. that's, so it's not you know when someone finds a new job um, during the the notice period. So let's mm-hmm. say they find a new job at six months um, of a 12 month notice period. The employer actually gets credit for the that income the person's earning and doesn't right. and gets to reduce its and you know its obligations on that basis. Right. Um, that's not the same thing for employment insurance. 
You have any questions about your employment, your job, anything we've talked about so far? You got till about uh, ten minutes to uh, to eight o'clock, around seven forty-eight. We'll take your calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell or one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free. Is it likely to be able to, to be successfully negotiate severance with a very large employer like a bank, um, car manufacturers, like, you know, multinational possibly? Is, is can you negotiate? Because it's kind of, people are going to feel it's kind of a David and Goliath situation, right? Even though we know who won in the end. Yeah, that's that, that's a uh, it is a very very common misconception. I'd say is you know, I'll uh, I'll speak to uh, someone who's just been let go, and if it's a big company, um, they're obviously you know intimidated, and um, yep. you know they they and they'll you know they'll say that you know, and I'll tell them the law that you know you, these are your entitlements. Um, this is what you should be um, insisting on in terms of a severance package, and they'll they'll listen to me, and you know they'll believe me. But then they'll say, "Yeah, but you know it's a it's a huge company. Um, I just I, I I can't can't fight them." Yeah. Um, but you know, first of all, um, you know the the size of the employer, whether it's big or small, the 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 payroll, anything like that, does not impact severance. Your legal entitlements are your legal entitlements, so that's not impacted at all. And, um, you know, I actually find, uh, I, I think it's actually a, a benefit when it's a big company. I think that uh, the bigger the company, I think that you can actually push them for a fair severance package a bit more because, you know, they're aware of the cost that goes into fighting that. Yeah, they got sophisticated HR. and Sophisticated so forth, HR right? and lawyers yeah. telling them, yes, this is the law. This yeah. is what the person's entitled to. Smart. Um, so I don't think that should ever uh, deter you, uh, the, the size uh, of your employer or, uh, you know, how big it is, where it's located, uh, you know, where the head office is located, anything like that. Um, your entitlements uh, are your legal entitlements. So, you know, your severance is, is the money to make you whole, to hold you over till you find a new job. What happens if an employee that's let go uh, becomes sick or even injured and can't look for a job? Does that impact severance? Yeah, that uh, absolutely can. And uh, the what comes up is that uh, so that the employees let go and they you know they have an obligation to look for work. And if they can't do that, if they become injured uh, or or sick during that notice period, it can actually, you know, first of all, they they're not going to have an obligation to look for work, uh, so they don't have to meet that uh, obligation. Right. And um, it actually can extend the notice period, uh, mm-hmm. the severance period, um, because uh, like you uh, identified, John, the whole the purpose of severance pay is to bridge the gap of unemployment. So it's supposed to, you know, make people whole until they can find a new job looking, you know, make, taking reasonable steps to, you know, replace their job. And if you can't, all of a sudden can't look for work or you can't look for the job you were doing because of an injury, well, that's going to be more difficult to replace that job. It's going to extend the uh, the notice period as a result. We'll take a, another call here. Mike, uh, thanks for calling in, pal. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern? Uh, just uh, there has been a recent uh, restructuring from commission over at, our, at my office, and um, just wanted to see if uh, you know uh, if they have a case or of some sort. I, it was it was in the original agreement there where they can change the commission structure at any moment. But uh, given what the for the numbers here, I can lose up to twenty thousand plus this year. Mm. So just wanted to see if uh, if I have some uh, some uh, you know. Uh, ammo here to you know perhaps get constructive right vessel. yeah let's say uh so generally speaking um you know changes to the commission plan um that result in a significant reduction in income will constitute a constructive dismissal um and how, how would you go about doing that now so many times though um it's difficult to understand you know right when the change is made whether that effect is actually going to, you know, come come to fruition. So, like, can you are you certain that that's going to have that effect? 
Absolutely. Okay. So there's no, it's no gray area. They're not going to be able to respond and say, oh, no, because we lowered the, the sales price that you're actually going to make more sales, your commissions will stay the same. It's nothing like that? No. It, you know, the, the, uh, their argument is that they, uh, they uh, are paying out more in the long run. But given the numbers and the stats, it, it, doesn't, add, it doesn't add up on our end. Okay. And uh, when will that, you know, when will the effect of that come into you know, it already has. It already has. Oh, really? Like, so you can actually like, point to your actual pay stubs or your annual, yeah, or your monthly pay, and say, okay. And so the obviously a change in you know compensation or reduction in compensation is like you know a classic constructive dismissal. Now you mentioned a contract. So the contract allow says that they're allowed to change the commission structure or plan. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Does it say anything else other than that? Like, does it expand on that, or does it just? Is that the line it says? They're given the right to change it at any time. Okay. So that's going to be their, their argument, obviously, that they're allowed to do that, that they you agreed to that by signing that contract. Uh, likely that would be construed in, in terms of a reasonableness standard. So if they make small changes to the commission plan, sure. But if it's a huge one that you know lot, makes you lose twenty grand in a year, um, that's probably not reasonable. So, um, But before you do uh, alleged constructive dismissal, um, I would... Uh, you should give us a call tomorrow because it's important to proceed carefully in these types of situations because you don't want to jump the gun because when you do allege conservative dismissal, you are effectively resigning and you obviously risk, um, if it's just a resignation, you don't get any severance. I understand. So um, before you do anything, I would uh, say give us a call and we can you know review the contract just to see um, the effect of that and help you deal with that. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Mike, we'll get to uh, Matthew here. Hey, Matt, we got about a minute. Go ahead, make it quick. Okay, thanks, guys. Taking my call real quick. Uh, a friend of mine, she's uh, worked. She worked at an office now. Works from home. Uh, voluntarily decided to sell her house, moving about forty five minutes farther west. Uh, she has to go in the office once a month usually, but she's worried they're going to start making her come in two or three times, maybe even four times a month, okay. which adds to her commute a lot and extra family time. I'm wondering if she could do a constructive dismissal on that or if it's basically, you know, kind of take it. Yeah, so if she, so she's so she been working from, from home um, primarily, and now she thinks they're going to make her come to the office more? Yeah, she was working at from home, and then uh, okay. the reason they moved is because she's working from home, but now... She's worried they're going to make her come into the office more. Got right. it, yeah. Got it. Um, if there's any type of contract that she signed or agreement, telecommuter agreement, um, that may impact things. But if not, um, yeah, a cha- you know, if, uh, if you're permitted to work from home, um, you know, four days a week and we come to the office w- uh, once, and all of a sudden the employer changes that and says you have to come, you know, reverses that, so it's four days a week that you have to come to the office, that could absolutely uh, amount to a constructive dismissal uh, if the employee wants it to. Uh, it also, uh, you know, could be a it could be a human rights component to that because if it does impact her, you know, ability to care, you know, or care for her family and pick up her kids and things like that, um, that's something that the employer needs to consider. Needs to make sure they don't violate. Beauty, thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Uh... It's a pretty interesting show. We covered a lot of stuff here tonight. Again, to reiterate, severancepaycalculator.com. Dave used that several times. Just in his head, you want to figure out what your severance offer should be. You can always contact Lior or Dave at the firm, but severancepaycalculator.com, basically your age, your length of employment, and your position will give you a number at the bottom, length and dollar sign. And if you want to continue from there, there's a contact button at the bottom. If not, you walk away. It's completely anonymous. Nobody knows you're there, but don't be surprised by the number. That number is accurate, accurate, accurate. They've been doing this literally 
literally hundreds of thousands of people have gone through the severance pay calculator over the last four years. Until next time, the contact, 1-855-821-5900. It is help at employmenthour.com as well. This has been the Employment Hour right here, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.